0: The great thing about college basketball is until the very first days of March, every team has a shot at getting into the NCAA tournament. From Connecticut and Purdue, all the way down to IUPUI and Louisville, (laughs) everybody's got a shot. We'll start with half of those conferences today on the college basketball preview edition of 6th Year Seniors.
1: Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm tired of losing to produce. I'm not here to round this week. That's why I got a college student. That's why I was an All-American in Michigan.
0: I better call my different names all over the world. But it's all the same. It's defensive. The-
1: I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Only one way. Only one way yeah. Mikey, how you doing? I wasn't expecting that cheap shot at Louisville before the intro. That's uh, that's good stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Starting out straight fire here. So, you know, what, what's the uh, what's the over under on cheap shots on Louisville in this in this preview show?
1: Just this show or both of them combined when they get done?
0: Well, it's going to have to be both combined because we don't have to talk about Louisville
1: this week. <laughs> or, I'm going to say it's going to be four and a half. We don't talk half. about
0: Louisville's conference this week.
1: We I'm going to say four make and a fun half. fun of Louisville. Okay. So,
0: so what's the number you put up? Four and a half sounds like a good number. I'll see if I can work with that. Okay. So we're at one already.
1: We're at one already.
0: You know, let's give Louisville credit. They did finally win a game, and it wasn't just beating Florida A&M. Although they didn't cover against Florida A&M. They only beat them by five points.
1: Hey, it's a W in that left left column there.
0: Finally. So, yeah, I mentioned
1: that every team has a
0: chance, and it's almost entirely true. There are a handful of teams that are ineligible for the NCAA tournament, but that's just because the NCAA is a bunch of dickheads. Transitional teams require years to become eligible for the NCAA tournament. Do you know the reason why, Mike?
1: Why they're ineligible? Yes. For the tr- for the No, I figure we're moving away from this. You know, coaches have always been able to do it. Players can now do it, but I don't know why teams can't do it. Well, the reason is, I, I, I had to do some research because I was curious myself.
0: It's because they don't want teams moving up from the lower divisions just because they have a couple of hot shot players and think they can make a run immediately so that they want the university to be solid as a team rather than just having a few hot guys who then leave and the team is horrible in division 1 that's the nca's reasoning behind it
1: i guess that makes sense but come on so there
0: are there are a handful of teams that are ineligible this year that have been in Division One for a couple of years. Merrimack in the Northeast, Bellarmine in the Atlantic Sun, and when we get to that, that's an interesting case. Tarlington and Utah Tech in the WAC, UC San Diego in the Big West, and St. Thomas in the Summit. And, you know, we haven't talked about this in football. We only had one chance. Do you know who Utah Tech is?
1: Oh, no. Uh, No, I do I actually, I don't think I do. But when you bring it up, maybe I do. That is the formerly Dixie State. Yes. Now that you say that, yes, I remember that now.
0: The university changed its name over the summer because alumni felt that having Dixie on their resume was a deterrent to getting jobs.
1: That's even though not the school's a... in
0: Utah for crying out loud.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's not a horrible uh, thought process there. But yes, this is the
0: former Dixie State. Then we've got a handful of first-year D1 schools. We have Lindenwood in the Ohio Valley, Queens of North Carolina in the Atlantic Sun. They've already made a name for themselves. Southern Indiana in the Ohio Valley, Stonehill in the Northeast, and Texas A&M Commerce in the Southland. They all should be ready for the NCAA tournament. I believe it's in four years from now.
1: There are multiple A&M Commerce graduates in my family. Oh, are there? Yeah, I'm married into a Commerce family.
0: <laughs> where is Commerce exactly?
1: It is up I-30, probably about halfway between, eh, not quite halfway. It's, it's about an hour northeast of Dallas off I-30. Northeast of, oh, okay, so that's, yeah. that's like pretty close to where you are. Yeah, it's about it's about a 40-minute, 50-minute uh, drive from here.
0: Well, I mean, considering Texas, that's close.
1: Yeah, yeah that's pretty close. I was interviewed for a job at a Commerce many, many moons ago.
0: Ah, okay. Oh, nice oh so campus. Commerce is actually a town.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, it is a, it, it is a town. Gotcha.
0: I, I assumed that it was like a business school and Commerce meant, you know.
1: Like... That's what I thought until I was educated otherwise.
0: All y'all towns in Texas look
1: alike. Yeah, that's not wrong.
0: All right, before we get to the conferences, there are two schools going independent this year, Chicago State and Hartford. Hartford's, well, they're both pretty unique cases. Hartford is unique because they are in the process of dropping down to Division Three. This is their last year in Division One. Apparently, the Hartford head coach, John Gallagher, has not been happy about having this job because At least one member of the Board of Regents told Gallagher that Hartford was not dropping down to D3 when Gallagher had an assistant coach deal with Oklahoma and turned that down to stay with Hartford. He's now suing that Board of Regent. Good Lord. Gallagher is also claiming the university isn't supporting the team in its last year in D1. For instance, they're not bringing along uh, medical staff for road games. They're relying on the home team's medical staff. It just sounds like Hartford. Hartford is a definite play against on the road. Let's just put it that way.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, it's a dumpster fire there, it sounds like.
0: Meanwhile, Chicago State have gone from the WAC to being an independent, but they're going to stay in D1. The reason that they moved out of the WAC was because they didn't like the 900-plus mile road trips, and hey, I don't blame them for that. But this year, they've only got eight home games. They're still mm. traveling all
1: over the place. Didn't they kind of know that they were signing up for the 900-plus mile road trips in the WAC? Or has the WAC did, you know, changed enough over their tenure there where everything shifted west?
0: Well, as far as I know, um, the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference, Ex- exactly. has always had western teams in it. I always thought Chicago State was an odd fit for the WAC. Yeah, you know, I mean that—that's in Ohio Valley, a Horizon kind of school in my mind. But oh yeah, absolutely. I—I—I I, I don't know. Maybe the Horizon and whatnot doesn't want them. The Horizon yeah. said Chicago. I don't know where Chicago is. I'd say, yeah, they don't—they—they do not know what a Chicago street fight is. <laughs> what is a Chicago State Street fight? Luger, you're not from Chicago. You don't know what it's like. That's a fight to scratch for everything. Hey, the closest you've been to downtown and the hood is when you dropped off your stinger laundry to be clean. Stinger, Stinger, tell him. I'm from Chicago. I know what Chicago's like. You tell them. Lex, huh? you are from the white-collar section of Chicago. They're from the street. They're from Halsted Street. The key word is street. And let me tell you something, Luger. I'm sure you're from Chicago, as we are. I'm sure you're a tough guy and you want to do a Chicago street fight, I'm sure you'll excel. I'm sure you're looking forward to it. I'm sure you're just dying to get in the ring and do an all-out Chicago street fight with us.
1: They got it, Hustinger. You tell them. I'll tell, tell you what. I thank you very much, Lex Luger, staying in the Road Warriors, Chicago street fight. What does that mean anyway? I don't know. I've been at a bar or two in Rush Street, and I've got an idea what, what it might be. 30 seconds street from bike. now. What
0: did you just say? I'm from Chicago. What is a Chicago street hey, bike? So those two teams, I guess, I guess you could say those two teams, are also not NCAA tournament worthy. I, they'd have to get an at-large berth, and there's no tournament they can win to get in.
1: That I, that ain't gonna happen. That so. ain't gonna happen.
0: So we can strike out Hartford, Chicago State, and all those teams that the NCA screws.
1: Well, that narrows it down a little bit.
0: Yeah, that, that narrows it down to about uh, uh, about 340, I think.
1: Somewhere 363 in that teams
0: this year in Division One. So let's start with the Southland Conference. They are the conference that added Texas A&M Commerce. Commerce is coming in from the Lone Star Conference in Division II. Uh, sure. Does that sound familiar to you at all?
1: Sounds like Texas to me.
0: It sounds like Texas to you. And they're also bringing in Lamar from the WAC. So, again, Lamar, Texas, WAC. I do not see Texas as being Western Athletic Conference. but No. Uh, but then again, half the teams in the WAC are in Texas now. So, go figure.
1: Yeah, it's a mess. Last year,
0: Texas A&M Corpus Christi lost a play-in game. They're probably the prohibitive favorite this year to make the NCAA tournament. They're returning four full-time starters, two
1: other guys who combined for 28 starts. Wasn't the, wasn't the Southland, you know, one of the, the 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 better undercard conferences just a few years back? Yeah, they've had a They've had a lot of churn, haven't they? It's not so much they've had a lot of churn.
0: The schools that had runs have not had as big a run. Uh, Nickel State had a really good first-round matchup a few years ago. Uh, Northwestern State, uh, they're doing it again this year, and I think New Orleans had a run at one point
1: a few years back. Nichols just took Mississippi State to the buzzer uh, over the weekend, but but the old the old Stephen F. Austin's and the uh Sam Houston states they are no longer in the league.
0: Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yes, cuz they both moved to the whack.
1: To the whack, exactly, which still trying to make sense of that. It's pro- it's probably Corpus Christi here. That's my guess.
0: It it probably is,
1: although, you know, obviously it comes down to those
0: 4 or 5 days in March when the conference tournament heats up and a lot of these teams are close enough to each other that a few A few upsets is all you need to have a team in the lower half of the conference to suddenly be playing in a play-in game on Tuesday or Wednesday in March.
1: Yeah, Northwestern State's been frisky, too. They got that win over TCU. Yeah, Northwestern
0: has Baylor on Tuesday. Uh, That's going to be interesting. See, if they can hang for a half, that'll be impressive.
1: Yeah, it's a big ask.
0: It is, but you know it, it's it's finals time. You know, Baylor may not be motivated. The crowd may not be there, and uh, I could see Northwestern State being able to hang for a
1: bit. Yeah, we'll see. They they're at A and M after that. They're they other. They won at TCU. They're at Baylor and A and M coming up. They they opened the season at Texas Tech and got blasted. So we'll see how they can handle their Power Five. Power six, however you want to call it in basketball, uh, swing through Texas.
0: Yeah, and actually, they were the ones who knocked South, Southern Miss from the land of the unbeaten. I Southern Miss was no great shakes, but they were unbeaten when Northwestern State beat them. Every little bit helps. Do you think somebody from the Southland can get out of the play-in play game?
1: My guess is no, but... If TCU can be a factor in the Big Twelve and Northwestern State wins the league, that's a pretty big win that they'll have in their uh, their hat to go into March. So I think North Northwestern's kind of they're in position where they could get out of the play in if things break a little bit for them. Next on the list is the Southwest
0: Athletic Conference. They, of course, spend the non-conference season bumping up their resume this year. They put together a contract with the Pac-12 where they hosted three Pac-12 teams. And lo and behold, they beat all three of them. As well, Southern won at California, although the Cal Bears are garbage. Yes. Alcorn State won at Wichita State. And Jackson State won at SMU. I think with those six wins... That ought to get the swag out of a play-in game unless somebody from deep in their conference ends up winning the tournament.
1: That's possible. It, hey, it, it, it's hard to win on the road in college basketball. Who knew this, you know? We've only been saying it for 10 years <laughs> on for the 10 years. Podcast. I mean, my God. <laughs> Can't play all your games away from home at Madison Square Garden, so.
0: But well, last year, Texas Southern won its play-in game, and then they were decently competitive against Kansas in their first round. It's so it's doable, and I think at this point they the conference might deserve to be able to play its first game on either Thursday or Friday rather than Tuesday or Wednesday.
1: Do you think there's a possibility of can you get three or four schools to sort of separate from the pack here and then sort of you know have those games matter maybe bump that I, you know you're not going to get quadrant wins or anything like that in the SWAC, but you know, from a just from an optic standpoint, have it look like you've got it. Just you know, Swag's got these wins on the road in non-con. Now you've got the you know the, those same teams are competing. You know, for the league title. I, I think if that were to happen, they might be able to angle their way out of the out of the playing game. But I, I doubt it.
0: Uh, it it could happen. There seems to be a break between the top five teams and the rest of the conference. So at, at least you've got that going for you. I'm looking at the Ken Palm rankings, Grambling state, Southern Texas, Southern Prairie view and Alcorn. They, they seem to have broken away from the rest of the conference. Although that leaves Jackson state who's one in 10. But like we said, that one win is at SMU. So go figure. Yeah. They win at SMU and right before then they threw in a clunker and lost to Miami of Ohio.
1: They've also lost
0: to little rock. Uh, So I, that SMU game might be a figment of somebody's imagination. Although, again, we'll find out, because Jackson is at Alabama on Tuesday. <laughs> Much like Northwestern State and Baylor, can they hang for, say, a half?
1: But yeah, another big ask there. Especially a, a pissed-off Bama coming off blowing that game against uh, Zags over the weekend.
0: Yeah, and, and Deion Sanders won't be walking through the door to get applause.
1: Yeah, he ain't swack no more.
0: <laughs> no oh man how quickly they turned on Dion
1: yeah thought I have my thoughts on that and this is not the place for it so. okay. okay maybe on another episode.
0: couple of players to note Grambling State has six foot nine Cartier Gordon who scored nine points as a freshman at St Louis then he went to JC in 20 didn't play the last two years. He's scoring in double digits in every game he's played. There's a guy who's probably better than most anyone in the conference. Therefore, Grambling will always have the best player on the court.
1: And That's a big, in, in, in a league that, you know, that far down the, the list here, That that's big.
0: Anything else that stands out for you in this conference before we move on?
1: I got nothing. Gun to my head, I'm taking Grambling.
0: Next, we're going to take a look at the Ohio Valley. They added Lindenwood and Southern Indiana from the Great Lakes Conference in Division Two. They also added Little Rock from the Sun Belt. I'm, I'm not sure those ads have really helped them, uh, especially since they lost Austin Peay, Belmont, and Murray State. Those three were 16 of the last 17 conference champions.
1: Yeah, you look down the, the card here. I, this this looks like playing city here for, yeah. for the OVC. I think you can make a case for... I, I already made the case for the Southland getting out of the play-in. And depending on how the swack is, there's a path there out of the play-in. Ohio Valley, I don't see one here. Yeah, I think this is an easy play-in prediction
0: right here. There's just nobody in the Ohio Valley. And, and again, here's where Chicago State could come in and yeah. not have 900-mile road trips.
1: Exactly. I, I'm, I'm
0: not sure why they are not looking at the Ohio Valley as... A conference to move into
1: yeah there's got to be something there unless the
0: ohio valley's already rejected them
1: and that could be the case we don't know the politics on that because again this goes back to hey ad's let's let's video record our calls so we can get the the rejections on tape so we can use it for, as, as, <laughs> yes. as fodder later <laughs>
0: yes yes
1: i will always go back to that gimmick
0: tennessee martin has an interesting scenario with small forward parker stewart uh, as a freshman he played at pittsburgh then he transferred to Tennessee Martin. Then he skipped the twenty-one season, started thirty-one games at in Indiana last year, and hey, what do you know? He's back at Tennessee Martin. How does that work? <laughs> Transfer portal.
1: Good grief.
0: And and he's probably uh, eligibility wise probably like a sophomore.
1: Yeah. Exactly. How do you transfer out of a school and then transfer back into a school? Has that ever has that ever happened at like one of the one of the big schools? And I know you know the the history on this is really really recent as far as multiple transfers. But good grief!
0: I know kids have transferred away from a school in a conference to a smaller school and then transferred to another school in that same conference where they left.
1: Yes, um,
0: but I, I don't know if they've actually come back to a big school in the MEAC. Norfolk State is the two-time champion. And again, maybe, maybe this year they can get out of that number 16 range. They've got player of the year Joe Bryant Jr., Chris Bankston, Dana Tate Jr., a lot of experience on the team.
1: And just maybe they might be able to make a run and get a 15 seed. It's possible. Norfolk State has a 15. They have, there's some history there. 2012 knocking off Missouri in the first round. If there's if there's a team in the Miac that's going to get out of the play-in, it's going to be Norfolk State. I think the Spartans are by by far the the best team in the league, and I think they've got enough talent in the pipeline where not only could they get out of the play-in, I think they could they could catch a, a two seed napping, maybe even a one seed napping if if things broke.
0: If it's the right one
1: seed, exactly in the right situation, it, you know, things would have to line up. You know,
0: a game to watch for them is Wednesday. They are at Nevada. They'll probably be about a 10-point dog, but again, that's going to be a good barometer to see if they can hang with a team that has an outside shot of getting into the NCAA tournament. Uh, Nevada is probably in the next level beyond at-large possibility, so we'll, we'll see how Norfolk does there.
1: Yeah, their earlier shots at the big boys have not gone well. They were they were fairly competitive with Baylor, uh, but UCLA and Houston kicked crap out of them. So yeah, those were both ugly.
0: Yeah, but again, I mean, it's two of the top five teams in the nation. In the nation, exactly. I, we're not talking Norfolk State's going to win the tournament or anything. We're no. talking about being competitive in a two fifteen game. Also to watch in the Miac Coppin State. Returns the NCA steals leader in Ninda Tark. He's averaging nearly three steals a game in his career.
1: Nice.
0: 2.9. I, and, and I don't have the second digit, but 2.9. Let's even get the three by the end of the year.
1: Plenty of time to go.
0: Let's move to the colonial athletic association. They have taken a deep dive in the Ken Palm rankings last year. They were 15 this year. They're currently 22nd. Ew. A lot of that is because they lost James Madison. And remember how controversial that was that when yes. Madison said they were leaving and the colonial said, fine, then you're, you don't even get to play in our tournament. I mean, they just exiled them immediately. All they added was Stony Brook from the American and East Monmouth from the Metro Atlantic and Hampton and North Carolina A&T from the Big South. I'm I'm not sure that the Colonial is going in the right direction. They're working on creating a football conference, and these are football schools.
1: Once again, football screws everything up for basketball.
0: Exactly. North Carolina Wilmington won the college basketball invitational in double overtime uh, against Mid- Middle Tennessee, but they lost three of their four top scorers from that championship. Uh, they're revamping quickly. They won the Nassau championship out in the Bahamas, beat North Texas in that final. And they also gave North Carolina a decent run on opening night. So Wilmington, is that where we're sitting right now?
1: No, it's Charleston. Oh, I'm going really? to Charleston here. Uh, I like the Cougars a lot. Their game against Carolina was very... It got a little chippy late. They weren't scared to go into the Dean Dome and... and square up with the big boys. They've won against Virginia tech. They beat Colorado state. They've had some close calls against some teams that, you know, maybe they should have been a little bit better. They beat that. Uh, you know, We talked about Kent state a couple of years, uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show, they beat Kent state. I, I like the Cougars a lot in the colonial here. And I think they could be a, a sleeper come March. If, if they get a good draw.
0: So how far up the rankings do you think they can get as far as seeds go?
1: I think if I mean they're eleven and one right now. Let's say they let's say they drop one, they split with Wilmington. Say in the in the league, they they enter the conference tournament somewhere in the neighborhood of you know twenty six and two or something like that. They if they come out two or three losses, that's a that's a thirteen or a fourteen seed. That could work, especially a thirteen seed. That that's yeah.
0: that that's where you start getting into an overrated four seed from like the SEC conference.
1: Yeah. So, it, the Charleston could be a problem. Wilmington's good. I I think I think if you want a threat to get a win in March, I think Charleston's a team to look at. A game to
0: watch on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is a locked and loaded card. Everybody seems to be playing and and all the conference have put together good matchups. Charleston plays at Townsend on new year's eve
1: and that should be a real
0: rock fight
1: if towson can be com- competitive or win the game there i think that tur- it, this turns the, uh, the the league from a two-team race to a three-team race well i i'm curious to see how uh, how ta- how towson can can match up
0: hofstra might be able to get in there as well they've got the returning player of the year point guard aaron estrada uh, and a six eight guy darling stone dubar And I always like, especially in those small conferences, where you can have the good point guard and the good big man inside, because it's rare for teams to have both of those on one team. Good point. Very good point. We mentioned that Hampton and North Carolina A&T moved in to the Colonial from the Big South. Let's take a look at the Big South now. Along with losing Hampton and A&T, they're also going to lose Campbell in 2023. Campbell's also going to the Colonial. So the the Big South, yeah, is is losing a lot of basketball talent here. They also lost a lot of individual players. Uh, Five of the top ten in their all-conference first and second team are not returning, including their player of the year, D.J. Burns, who went from Winthrop to North Carolina State. That's where Transfer Portal hurts these small schools.
1: Yeah, Big South's been frisky the last few years. It feels like they took a step back this year.
0: Yeah, they're cutting out divisions because they've lost teams, and they're playing a full round-robin schedule now. Love um, that. That's yes, great. Yes. And, and frankly, to me, it's wide open. And and Ken Palm agrees. Longwood, in their second year eligible, is a defending champ. And Ken Palm projects a three-way tie between Longwood, Gardner Webb, and High Point at eleven and seven, two more teams at ten and eight, Asheville and Campbell, and two more at nine and nine, Winthrop and Radford. That's seven teams within two games of each other.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it's a wide open league this year. It, it can easily go seven or eight deep. It's, it's going to be good. Which also means there's going to be a lot of cannibalization in the league, which will probably um, deflate their their ceiling as far as a seed goes seeding goes in the tournament
0: that's very true that that could end up pushing them down to like a 15 or heck, maybe yeah. even a non-play in
1: 16 possibly i think things would really have to break bad if that happened but yeah
0: another conference that's taken a nosedive in the kin palm rankings is the mid-american 10 years ago the mid-american was really good this year they've dropped from 14 down to 19 in the Ken Palm rankings, and you kind of saw this coming. I, I think, I think this conference got hurt by COVID more than a lot. They were also the conference that reduced their tournament competition from everybody comes to only the top eight teams. And again, it's yeah. only the top eight this year, which is too bad. Cause I always liked the MAC. They started on like the second Monday of the conference tournament schedule, and that first Monday was four really competitive games between, what would that be? The five through 12
1: teams. Five through 12, playoffs. yeah.
0: No longer. And I know it was a financial reason, yeah, you because know, you'd
1: get 300 yeah.
0: people into the stands for those four games.
1: Yep. So who do you like in the Mid-American? Hard to pick against the Flashes right now. Kent State's been really good. I think Toledo. I think Toledo can challenge them. I don't know about the rest of the league. Ball State's been decent so far. Akron's going to challenge. I don't know if I can go down as deep as Buffalo, but it should be a decent it should be a decent challenge here, but I like Kent State to win the league.
0: Yeah, I agree. The, the way they have played against uh it was, it was Gonzaga and Baylor, right?
1: That they had those really oh, I, good games against. I know it was the Zag and they had the Zags. They had the Zags I mean, down late in the second half out West just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, they played Houston. Houston. They baby. played Houston. i they played Houston tough too, but again, the you know, playing tough and actually getting a win are two different things. Even against top competition like that, but but it gives them some confidence to be able to say, "Hey, we can play with the big boys." I think that will start to you know, har- you know, show the harvest of that uh, in league play when when the competition is just not as not as tight. Sinceri Carey
0: is NBA quality. Uh, they're six one senior point guard. Yeah. He could get drafted. I mean, he's like that good. Big boy statements. By the way, Eastern Michigan is working with remember this name from the past. Oh god. Amani Bates.
1: Yeah, the old Amani Bates fiasco.
0: How the mighty have fallen.
1: Good grief.
0: Let's move to the Atlantic Sun. They added Austin P from the Ohio Valley and Queens of North Carolina. And we can talk about them now. Bellerman won the A Sun tournament last year, but they're not eligible to play in the NCAA tournament until the 24-25 season. So because of that, Jacksonville State as a conference champ was given the NCAA bid. And that's if that right. happens
1: again, this could be a play-in team. Ooh, yeah, that's a very good point. Bellarmine's but uh, let's see. They played Kentucky, they played Can or uh, they played uh, UCLA, they played Duke. Of course they couldn't beat any of them. They did beat Louisville. That was, you know, they got the radar because that that was stuff. That was like think Louisville's first loss of the season. Like, "Oh, wait a minute. Louisville's got Oh, wait, then we, we did Louisville's back in complete a complete, <laughs> uh, complete dumpster fire when Bellerman beat them, but uh but they really haven't been competitive in any of those games. Let's talk about Queens. I was like, "Wait a minute. Queens? What's a, what's a Queens North Carolina? I I'm like, I'm, you know, that's the motherland for me. I don't know Queens North Carolina.
0: Yeah, they upset Marshall on opening night, and yep. that—that's what got me going. On. Like, okay, where is Queens? And I thought the same thing. It's like uh, New York school, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, yeah, new, and, yeah, New and, School, and, New York, yeah. <laughs> and
0: it's like, okay, wait a minute, why are they in the Atlantic Sun? Uh, they are in Charlotte, North Carolina.
1: Queen City makes sense.
0: Ah, okay. There you go. But they have—they've looked good. Frankly, they could pull the old Bellarmine as well win the conference tournament and not be able to get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I, oh, fiasco, that would be that really Two years arguing. in a row.
1: Yeah say, yeah,
0: say it's Bellarmine and Queens in the tournament final. And then that, they well, they'll still pull the top team in the conference rankings. But man, they, they might end up having to go deep to find a team that can play in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that'd be a mess. Liberty is probably a favorite. I mean, there there is that. And remember, what was it? Two years ago, they had that really competitive season where we thought they might actually have an at-large uh, attempt.
1: Yeah, yeah, they they've they've been good. They're they're a step down. Darius McGee's back. Flame, Flames Flames got to feel good about their chances. Yeah, in
0: fact, yeah, 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 it was the COVID year. That's what I thought. They finished thirty and four, and we never will know what happened.
1: Well, I, you've been saying you've been saying that this year's shaping up like the COVID year. So maybe yes. maybe this is the year we find out what happened. <laughs>
0: yeah so go liberty they don't have any really big wins yet uh their, their best is bradley and bradley's starting to fall off the map unfortunately don't have anybody on their schedule late in the year as well that can really bump them up so i i, I don't see an at-large berth being able to come from liberty or, or anybody else in the atlantic sun they're gonna have to no, it's gonna be the lead.
1: tournament champ yeah absolutely
0: by the way, Liberty has the two-time conference player of the year, guard Darius McGee back. They they're going to be a threat once again.
1: Yeah, I think it's it feels like Queens may be frisky here. I don't know if Bellarmine can get up into it. Uh, Liberty and Gulf Coast is lurking as as they have been the past few years. So it'll be it, it'll be decent, but it's still one bid league.
0: From there, let's head to the Southern Conference, where Furman has. 6 year seniors. Jalen Slauson, Mike Bothwell, returning to avenge that conference tournament final loss to Chattanooga. Remember that one? That's where Chattanooga hit the 35-footer at the buzzer to take the win brutal. away from Furman. Yeah.
1: You gotta like when you've got town seniors coming back with a chip on their shoulder. Yes, exactly. Yeah, SoCon's been fun the past few years. The mocks are there. Furman's there. Wofford's there. Greensboro's step back a little bit I don't know if they're going to you know they'll be ready to to step up when the conference play turns around the, I think this is the first league where I say there's a chance you could have a second at large but a lot of things would have to break right and, and you need two teams to sort of separate themselves from the league
0: really So, so who do you think that at large could be
1: I I think it, I think it could be Furman. I think it could be Chattanooga, and and I, I I think if if Wofford were to run the table and then lose in the conference I think I mean again, this is long shot here as far as two bids, but it's the first it's the first league we get to where I say it's possible. I'm looking at the
0: schedule, seeing if either team has really big wins or has the opportunity to. Chattanooga has Georgia on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, see,
1: that, they'd have to Atlanta. bag that one.
0: Yeah, they'd have to bag that one, that's for sure. And then their next best opponent is Furman in the conference season. Greensboro beat Marshall just the other day.
1: So there's a top 100 win. Wofford blowing the LSU and Vanderbilt games could come back in and haunt them. They got another shot a C, an SEC school uh, next week. But like I said, it, a lot of things that have to break right for them.
0: One other note on Chattanooga. They grabbed VMI's coach Dan Earl. He brought over a number of players from VMI, including the seven-footer Jake Stevens. Uh, you don't see seven-footers often in these small conferences, so he's gonna have a definite physical advantage over everyone he plays.
1: Good point. Very good point.
0: You know where you don't find many seven-footers? That would be on a boat cruise. Oh. So if Very you good want, point. if you if you want to avoid. You're seven footers, who might you call?
1: Yeah, there, there, there was a reason that uh that David Robinson never served on a submarine. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to get on a boat, get out in open water, hit up hit up our girl Wendy Prater at Magic Journeys Travel. She uh she could take care of your next awesome getaway. Uh, all-inclusives, South Florida, Southern California, all major cruise lines, all that stuff. Uh, custom-made itineraries for you and your traveling crew. Hit her up. Tell her that you heard about her on Sixty or Senior. She'll give you twenty five dollars off your next vacation deposit. All major cruise lines. Awesome last minute Christmas uh, idea if you want to you know get a vacation for the family for next summer. Really, really good stuff. She's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the social medias. WP Magic Journeys. Wendy Prater, at Magic Journeys Travel. She makes the plans. You make the memories. Well,
0: thank you for saving me from that very subpar transition.
1: Yeah, one wasn't bad, one wasn't bad
0: at all. Oh, come on. No, that was bad. That it was, was bad, but th- th- it wasn't th- that bad. Okay, it wasn't like it was Louisville bad.
1: <laughs> it was not Louisville yeah, no, no, There's another yeah. one. Chalk up. <laughs> absolutely. That's three now, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. <laughs>
1: yeah, because I got them for Bellarmine, too. Oh, yes,
0: that's right. You got them there, too. Yeah. All right, let's head to the Sun Belt, which did a great job of adding to their conference. A lot of it was because of football, but it sure adds up with basketball as well. James Madison coming from the Colonial, Marshall, Old Dominion, Southern Miss from Conference USA, and immediately Madison and Marshall are probably favorites in this conference.
1: Yeah, you look at the top of this league and it's like, oh, all of a sudden we've got some contenders here. Again, you start poking around. It's like, okay, could could you, you steal a second bid somewhere along the way and... I, I think this might be a, a, a league where that could happen. Lots of things that happen. Sunbelt's middle of the road as far as conference rankings go. But uh, there's some good basketball being played here. James Madison has a senior
0: point guard, Vado Morris, who shoots 40% from three-point land. That's always good. Mm. And they and Marshall will play each other uh, at Marshall on December
1: 31st. Another great New Year's Eve game. Lots of conference action going down on New Year's Eve. That's interesting. I'm looking at the league here. Raging Cajuns, Southern Miss, James Madison, Marshall. I'm going down with the alma mater, too. Troy's been really, really good so far this season. That's five teams right off top that it feels like could legitimately compete for the league here. This is a deep league, and I think there's going to be some really, really good games played to decide this come February.
0: Yeah, and we haven't even talked about last year's league champ, Texas State. Yeah. They, they return their five nine guard Mason Harrell. I always love when the small guys can play with the big boys.
1: It's always good stuff.
0: You mentioned Louisiana; they are ten and one right now. They have a shot at the crisp beardless Texas Longhorns on December twenty
1: one. Yeah, we saw what we saw what a mess that that was last week for for the Longhorns. So yeah, I think I think Louisiana's absolutely got a shot there.
0: No kidding. I mean, if it if if Rice as I believe they were a twenty three point dog. It was, was able like was that. able to take Texas to overtime. Man, that, that that was just not good.
1: Louisiana also with a win over uh, over SMU.
0: Yeah, I th- I think here again, there's a chance at that large bid if things break right, as long as the top four or five don't you
1: know cannibalize each other. Exactly, which is which is can happen sometimes.
0: So a lot of teams left Conference USA for the Sun Belt, and because of that. CUSA is down to eleven teams. They've scrapped their divisions, and they're now playing a double round robin. So at least they can claim. How how is it that the Big Twelve used to claim uh, one one
1: true champion? There we go. There we go. But are they playing a conference tournament? Because they're playing a conference tournament. Then what's the point, right? Hey, come on! Don't let don't let facts
0: get in the way of marketing. (laughs) Florida Atlantic is ten and one right now. Their lone loss is to Mississippi, but they really haven't beaten anybody yet. Their big test will come up over the Christmas holidays. December 29, they're at North Texas. January 5, they host UAB. That starts their conference play. So Florida Atlantic is for real in any way. They've got to win one of those games. They won
1: at Florida, although Florida's been underwhelming. So far this season, but they—that's you know, not a bad—that's not a bad win. So. No, that's okay. That's true. Yeah, but the, uh, yeah. The Owls, the Owls, have been good.
0: They went across the ocean to beat Florida.
1: Went across the ocean, exactly.
0: Do you think UAB has a shot at being an at-large bid? Right now, they are 48th in the Ken Palm rankings.
1: It's possible win over South Carolina. That you know if you, you get a win over. You know, they they want to they want to get to Georgia. So that's a couple of SEC wins that they have in the bag there. If they were to go on a run here and, you know, let's say win the league and then lose in the conference final, I think it's possible, especially depending on how, how dominant they look. You, you go down the you, a quick rundown of the of the standings here. Not a lot of losses across the board, There's but the, the schedules for a lot of these teams haven't been that tough. Uh, I, I think when things shake out in the wash, UAB's going to be right there I'm leaning FAU right now, but I think UAB will be right there at the end.
0: I think it'll come down to Florida, Atlantic, and UAB. But there's a number of teams, like you said, that are going to make life tough for the big two. Western Kentucky has a seven foot five shot blocker in Jamarian Sharp. He was actually the nation's leading shot blocker last year. 4.62 blocks per game, which is even more than Walker Kessler at Florida.
1: You mean at Auburn?
0: Or at Auburn, or, yes.
1: Yeah. Or, yeah. Walker Kessler transfers out of Carolina. Carolina goes to the national championship game. What, what might have been Walker Kessler? My God. Um, don't get me started on that. <laughs> Let's head next to the Missouri Valley.
0: They added Illinois and Chicago from the horizon and Belmont and Murray State from
1: the Ohio Valley. But did not add Chicago
0: State. No, they did not add Chicago. They did not want Chicago street fights.
1: Obviously not.
0: They lost Loyola Chicago. Yeah. I guess you could only have one team from Chicago in the Missouri Valley at one time.
1: You lose one. You bring the other one in. Yeah. Good point. Not too much. Not too much. Chicago.
0: Drake looks like the heavy favorite here. And I thought they might've had a shot at that large bid, except just this past week, they lost to both Richmond and, and St. Louis, and that St. Louis loss was bad the other night. They were up, I think, seven points with about four to go, and St. Louis closed out on a 17-3 to run. Mm, Not only did St. Yeah, Louis' win, but they covered a five-and-a-half-point spread. Brutal. Drake has one more shot. They play Mississippi State in Lincoln, Nebraska on Tuesday. I, 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 I know that's kind of a maybe semi-home game for Drake, but that's an odd place to be playing Mississippi State.
1: That is an odd place to be playing Mississippi State. Is there some sort of shenanigans scheduled with Nebraska where they're they doing some sort of double-header gimmick? That's my only thought on that. But they are loaded. They've got guards, Garrett Sturtz,
0: DJ Wilkins, and Roman Penn all returning for their sixth year. Combined, they have two hundred and fifty-two starts in their college career.
1: Oh, good lord! That
0: is a ton of experience. Add to that, they've got a six-seven forward Tucker DeVries, who's a preseason Player of the Year candidate, and the coach's son.
1: Oh, that always helps out.
0: See, I, I think it's Drake's to lose. But who knows? You know, they they already lost to Indiana State in their in their conference opener. It just seems to me like Drake might be very talented, but also capable of losing games they're supposed to win.
1: That might be a fair observation there.
0: Anybody else you're looking at in the Missouri
1: Valley? I got nobody else in the Missouri Valley. Don't have a good read on that league at all. Let's
0: head over to the American then. And this will be the last year of the American as we know it. Unless more shenanigans happen. Houston, Central Florida, Cincinnati leaving this could be a year where, hey, Houston wins the national title for the American Conference and then splits on them.
1: It's kind of like the year Louisville won the, won the national title and went to the ACC the next season, right? Oh, that did they? I think so. When, I think when Louisville won, they were in the Big East, and I think they went to the ACC the next season. Houston winning the national championship is a legitimate possibility here. They look fantastic.
0: No kidding. That freshman center, Drees Walker, he's a star and the cool thing is is he does what he needs to do he does not need to be the focal point of the offense he does not need the ball to be able to make an impact on the game I really like what he does he had a great game against Virginia where he used to meet Virginia the other night
1: very good that's as good a win as any team is going to have this season at winning at Virginia is hell I've seen it with my own eyes over the past decade. Winning at John Paul Jones Arena is hell. That's a big, big, big time win for the Cougars. I'm almost willing to say they're the favorites right now to win the national championship. Oh that's a big thing. They've impressed Dana. they've impressed me that much so far this season.
0: They're number two in Ken Palm, but only because Yukon is still unbeaten. I have a feeling that as soon as UConn loses a game, Houston will jump back up in the number one spot. Probably the voters aren't giving them a lot of credit right now. Uh, hmm. It's Purdue and UConn, the top two in the uh, in the polls. I, I can see Houston. I, they they were really good last year. They've got a lot of talent coming back, uh, yep. including Marcus Marcus Sasser. I Sasser is again. He he's the kind of team leader who can elevate the rest of the team.
1: Yes, does not get shook. He was impressive in the in the tournament last year.
0: Oh, yeah. Memphis has five players using their fifth year of eligibility, three other redshirt seniors, and three more true seniors. I, if Penny's going to do it, this
1: has got to be the year. They took Bama to the limit in Tuscaloosa uh, last week. Would have been big to be able to to close that out, but they couldn't. But that's not; they really don't have any other. You're skimming the skimming the resume so far. There's really not a, a, else there. But they're winning games. Well, they, they beat Auburn
0: right before they, they lost did beat to auburn Alabama. That's right.
1: They, they did. They did beat Auburn,
0: and, and I think that was right after Auburn had knocked off. Oh no, no! Somebody. No, no, it was they were playing Alabama right after Bama.
1: That yeah,
0: beat Houston. Yep. Oh, I I like Memphis, but I have liked Memphis for many years and always gotten screwed by them. I'm kind of tempering my enthusiasm, although I do have, I believe it's a 50 to one ticket on them to win the NCAA tournament. I'll roll with the Tigers until they do something really stupid.
1: I'm curious to see if the pieces will continue to fit together through conference season. Some Memphis gets at, it feels like when Memphis gets out of whack, it really goes off the rails. So we'll see if Penny can keep the train on the track.
0: One thing I do like is that Penny's son, Jaden, is not the vocal point of the team. I they, They've accepted that he is a rotation player, and that's it. And that's always tough, because yeah. when, when you're the coach's son, you either need to be the best player, or you need to be deep on the bench. And, yes. and he is neither in this case, and yet they're making it work.
1: Yes, and that that could be a tricky uh tricky line to to step on. I think they might have figured it out.
0: One player that Memphis, uh, and and here's a, a conference transfer portal deal. One player that Memphis does not have this year is Landers Nolly. He's now at Cincinnati. Hmm,
1: in conference transfers, little let, we're, let's book some heat here. Yeah, Boy, that, I like
0: that's that. going to be a nasty game between Memphis and Cincinnati when it happens. Tulane, and our boy Ron Hunter has seven of his top eight scorers back. They might be a factor. Temple could be a factor. Talking about transfer portal issues, uh, Michael Durr started out at South Florida, went to Indiana last year. Now he's at Central Florida. Oh, good grief. So how many teams do you think can get in from the
1: American? Last year, it was only two, Houston and Cincinnati. I'm looking at this. It's hard for me not to think there's not four here. I mean, just just right off top, I'm thinking Houston, Memphis, UCF, and Cincinnati, and and probably UCF and Cincinnati could could be rotated out with possibly Tulane. Maybe I don't know if East Carolina's got enough to to jump up in there and hang around. The thing is, I I really think Houston's going to run away with the league, and they're going to win the league by three four games. Oh wow! I, I think I, I think Houston's that good. I really really do. I, I it would not surprise me if they swept the league. I'm saying it right now. I don't think they will. It would not surprise me. I think they wind up I think they wind up with one loss in the league. And everybody else in, 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 in the second place has got four. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Well, let's see. Okay. Ken Palm has them winning every game for the rest of the season. Let's They'll see. get got somewhere. Yeah, they'll get got yeah. somewhere. I'm looking for one that isn't even uh, let's see. At Central Florida, Ken Palm has them winning by eight. Mm-hmm. That might be the only single-digit game they have until at Memphis at the end of the year. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, that's how good Houston is projection-wise. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't bet them to win the tournament. The odds were too low. I think they're down to like twelve to one right now. Yeah, I I couldn't bet Houston. They were just too cheap. In fact, right now, and it's probably because of the win against Virginia. They're the favorites at six to one.
1: To win the tournament. Oh, so I wasn't just talking out of my ass just a minute ago. Okay, that sounds good. That's good. I can buy that.
0: In fact, I'm I'm looking at this. UConn and Arizona are about 10 to 1. And then there's a slew of teams at 15. And and then we get down to the 18s and 20s. Gotcha. But yeah, that's, that's a pretty significantly low number this early in the year. Cougs are good. We mentioned that UConn is the second favorite to win the tournament. So let's go to the Big East. Connecticut started the season outside the top 25 in both the polls. And now they are the number one team in Ken Palm. And I believe they're sitting number three in both the AP and the coaches polls.
1: And it's another preseason polls were useless. So let's not even pay attention to them. They've gone out and they've taken care of business.
0: In fact, talking about the polls, North Carolina was number one. They're now not in the top 25.
1: Sorry. I'm wondering if they will be after the weekend here. I don't, I, I don't know if they've done enough to get back in, I, nor nor do I care at this point. I'd rather them kind of stay underrated for a while just to keep that chip on their shoulder and keep them focused. Cause yeah, I need all the help I can get on that front. But yeah, Yukon goes out, take care of some jabronis early, hang under the radar. They go out to Portland and beat Oregon, Alabama and Iowa state in succession to win the PK invitation or whichever the version of the PKs that was. And, uh, and they've come back and kept running through folks since then. Oklahoma State, one of Florida. And, and the Huskies have looked really good doing it. They really haven't been challenged. No, they, they haven't at all. UConn is loaded. They don't
0: have a lot of names, except for Adama Sinogo. They don't have a lot of names that you will find giving them 10, 15 points every night. But there's like six or seven guys that, on average can give them seven points, five rebounds, four assists, a couple of blocks, and just load up the stat sheet as a team. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. You look at a guy like Tristan Newton. He's like 10-5-5. Yeah, those are the kind of guys you need to, to just be able to do all the little things while your two scorers take care of business up front. So, yeah, UConn's been really, really solid. They play good defense. They're going to be a load in the Big East. I think if they're a little inflated right now, I think conference play starts, things are going to catch up with them. But uh, but UConn's really good.
0: Well, Connecticut has rose in the Big East standings. Creighton has dropped. Uh, they were the talk of the Big East before the season started. Yeah,
1: a lot of buzz. Yeah.
0: And, and they had a ton of guys returning: Ryan Kalkerbrenner, Ryan Nemard, uh, Arthur Kelma, and they were adding Baylor Shireman from South Dakota State. Started six and zero, oh, and all of a sudden they lose to Arizona in the Maui final. They've dropped six straight now.
1: Lost at Texas, lost in Nebraska. Come on, you got to take care of business there. Lost to BYU, Arizona State, and then Marquette. Marquette's been sneaky good too. Um, they're looking really good. Big East is loaded as usual. Uh, this is a really good league.
0: No kidding. I, I think Jay Wright picked the right year to retire. Ha ha ha! Good call. So Jay Wright, as y'all know, is out at Villanova, retired. Uh, his longtime assistant, Kyle Neptune. Leaves Fordham
1: after one year there to return to Villanova, and the Wildcats have struggled to start the season. They're only six and five as of this recording, and you scroll down, it's like, oh man, you know they 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 beat Oklahoma, but where's the other uh where's the other beef on the wins here? There's there's really not so far. So they they've struggled um, to start the season. I think they'll be able to turn things around. But uh, Villanova's a little bit of a rebuild here, and it's going to be really interesting to see how the program evolves in the post-J Wright era.
0: I fear that this might be this year's Michigan State, where if you don't kill Villanova by February, all of a sudden they're going to get a run going in late February and March and maybe even be like a 7 or 8 seed in the NCAA tournament and just be nasty to eliminate.
1: Gotcha. That, that could happen. That's a possibility here. The big question
0: is, when's Justin Morgan return? Uh, yeah. he, he blew out his Achilles in the Elite Eight game. If he can come back and be any semblance of himself late in the year, that might be what Villanova needs to get that run going.
1: Very good call there. Very good call.
0: Hey, you mentioned Marquette. I who knows, This might be the year for Shaka Smart and Marquette, but every time the Marquette looks good, that's not Shaka Smart's realm. He likes playing the underdog. Exactly. Uh, Can can he coach a Marquette team when they're favored to win games?
1: The thing is, I think the Big East is competitive enough where they're not going to be overwhelming favorites anywhere, I think. But the program profile for Marquette and the way it fits in the Big East is a perfect fit for Shaka Smart. It is perfect. He will be able to play the underdog card more than enough Due to the nature of the way the league is constructed, where I think he makes Marquette super, super dangerous both in league play and come tournament time. And I know we, you know, he got all the run there at VCU for be, you know being such a pain in the ass and the havoc defense and all that. When he went to Texas, he it was it was fish out of water. Did not work. This is more his realm, and I love the fit in the way he's got Marquette playing right now.
0: Will it still work, though, in the age of gambling odds being so readily available? Yeah, Shaka Smart's in the locker room revving up his kids. We're the underdog. We get no respect. We're going to win this game. We're going to beat them. And a coach and a player raises his hands. and says, uh, Coach, we're a two-point favorite tonight.
1: No, I, I, I think it works fine. <laughs> No? I think it works No? Fine. No. <laughs> I ain't buying it down that far.
0: Sean Miller has returned. Xavier, after 12 years at Arizona. Speaking of
1: good fits. Speaking of good fits, this is good. Yeah.
0: And they're the defending NIT champions. I always like looking at the defending NIT and other postseason championships, especially when they've got players coming back. And Xavier definitely has players coming back. Uh, they've, they've got their leading scorer and rebounder, Jack Nunji, coming back. And they get this kid, Sule Boom, who is scoring 20 points a game
1: at UTEP. Xavier's solid. I'm not ready to go on the record and say they're Sweet 16 good, but they can win a game in March. What about the Johnnies? Oh, I I love the Johnnies
0: this year. I mean, they're always kind of my favorite, going back to Chris Mullen. Getting the Illinois guard, Andre Cabello, I think that's huge. As long as he can stay healthy, Cabello is perfect for that St. John's pace. How many bids out of the Big East here? Oh, boy. Super good league. It is. I think you're looking at at least four, probably five, and best
1: case scenario six, depending on how things break. I'll say depending on how things break. I almost. I, I think the league's going to wind up cannibalizing itself too much to get to seven. Oh I, no, I, I say don't se- think. I want to say seven, but yeah, I, I think they max out at six. Most likely five.
0: I mean, when um, you've only got eleven teams in the conference, it's tough to get seven, in.
1: It is. I mean, unless you, you know, you're the Big Twelve, the the, the wins and losses are going to wind up, you know, splitting up, and you're going to have sub 500 teams and things like that. So it's, it, it is difficult. Big East is really good.
0: Connecticut, Marquette, Xavier are definitely in. From there, I think the Johnnies, Providence, Creighton are probably fighting for one, maybe two spots. And then, you know, if everything breaks right, maybe uh, like a Seton Hall or a Butler might be able to roll in. But uh, Butler is just, but Butler's not showing me a lot right now. I expected more out of him. From the Big East, let's head to the SEC. Last year, six teams were in the NCAA tournament, but only Arkansas, who got to the Elite Eight,
1: got past the second round. I don't have a good read on the SEC so far this season. And, may, and maybe it's because Kentucky struggled a little bit. I don't know what I'm seeing here yet. Well, I'm high on two teams. I have both Alabama and
0: Auburn on win NCA tickets at really good odds. I, I think they're oh, wow. both at like 60 or 80 to one.
1: And and Bama's good. I will say Bama's good. Yeah. The, the, they're, they're making that four overtime loss by my Tar Heels there look, look much better in retrospect even though Carolina should have won that game three different times for three different reasons. We won't go into that right now. Bama's good. I would have liked to see them pull off the game in Birmingham against Gonzaga. But if you're Bama, you've got to feel pretty good about that, I think, all things considered.
0: Yeah, let's see. I, I have Auburn at 60-1, to one and I have Bama at 50-1. to one.
1: Got those back in mid-November. So the Auburn-Alabama hoops games this year might have more heat than the, than the football game. Oh, that doesn't definitely. Happen that definitely.
0: We haven't even mentioned Tennessee yet with the number one defense in the nation, although yep. Arizona got him just the other night.
1: Yep. Yeah, it was a good game. Good late game.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure about Kentucky either. Let's get this out of the way. I mean, they got Shabiwe, but yep. I'm not sure if they actually have anybody else who's good enough to help him. You know, to, they, they've got to feed Shabiwe the ball.
1: That's the thing.
0: He can't make a living off of gathering up offensive rebounds.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And you look at you look at who's Kentucky's beat so far this season. Really, they beat Michigan, but every other game that's been against quality competition, they have not looked well at all. UCLA handed it to them over the weekend. I'm not feeling it with Kentucky so far. Like you said, Alabama and Auburn, they're going to be solid. Tennessee's really, really good. The three teams that have, and this isn't even getting into Mississippi, Mississippi State's undefeated. I mean, Missouri, Arkansas, and LSU, all with one loss. But I don't have a good read on exactly how good they are. Yeah, Mississippi State
0: beat Marquette and they beat Utah. Those are their only two top 100 games that they've played. Uh, yep. They've got Drake on Tuesday. We'll see. Uh, we mentioned that's an important one for Drake. Uh, yeah. But, man, if Mississippi State loses that game, I think that deflates the all 11 wins that they had beforehand.
1: I agree, yeah.
0: And then from there, oh, no, it's just – Alabama and Tennessee waiting on deck. Oh, jeez! So yeah, Mississippi State could easily go from eleven and zero to eleven and three.
1: Missouri is the like the epitome of ain't beat nobody. Oh no, kidding! They ain't beat nobody, and the one game, the one quality competition they had, Kansas handed their asses to them. I don't know about I don't know about that Missouri bunch. I feel a little bit better about Arkansas though. Uh,
0: I like Arkansas, but. Losing Trevon Brazil to that torn ACL, that's really going to hurt their depth, and they're not real deep to begin with. Now, granted, Arkansas lives and dies on depth and being able to put ten players out on the court. Yep. So maybe you know maybe they'll be able to come up with it, but I'm not seeing it right now.
1: Yeah, I don't either. Like I said, I, I don't have a good feel, especially with the uh, the roster change there, mm-hmm. roster tweaks they're going to have to have.
0: Does Tennessee have enough offense to be able to go along with that defense? I, I mean, that that seems to be what hurt them in the loss to Arizona, was they just couldn't put
1: the ball in the basket. That's been Tennessee's problem the last couple of years now. Is that you know you're, you know what the, the effort you're going to get on defense? Can they find buckets when they need them? It's burned them the last two seasons. It, it, I don't have the ultimate confidence that they have that defense is more than enough to keep them in basketball games all the time consistently which makes which raises their floor a significant bit because you know you're going to get the defensive effort but when it comes down to winning you know and executing in the clutch in close games it's a big question mark and it's Rick Barnes for you
0: Yeah they could run into a game like Maryland Baltimore County against Virginia where all of a sudden Tennessee is down by 10 points with 15 to play and you go, wait, they can't score that many points.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the offense evolves over the course of the season. And if they can find somebody, anybody that'll come along and be able to take over when you need buckets. And I mean, they've got guys, you, 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 look at the roster, they've got five guys that are averaging double digits, but that's like literally all they're averaging. Nobody is is stepping up and be able to score, you know, sixteen points a game uh, to be able to get those extra buckets just when you need to stop a run, when you need to have a bucket. It's just not there for Tennessee. And just to see how that plays out over the course of the season is gonna be very, very interesting. They are three hundred and thirty third in field goal percentage. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. that does not win you a
0: championship. Absolutely not. So how many teams get in from the SEC? Six made it last year. They really didn't have a good tournament. I see five automatics. After that, I'm really not sure. I I'm going to take a guess that one or two teams from like the six through ten spot will get in, but they'll be that they might be like eleven seed play in games.
1: It's it it feels like six. Like, like, I don't, I think five is way too, Is not nearly enough. Six is the number and like seven's too much. It's like, they're going to get six, which six is it going to be? That's what it feels like to
0: me. Yeah. So you got about five teams playing for one spot.
1: Yes, but yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Let's go to our final conference of this preview show. We're going to the big 10. So yes, folks to, Hear Mikey's rant on the North Carolina Tar Heels. You'll have to wait for the day after Christmas. We're heading to the Big Ten and the number one team in the nation, according to the polls right now, the Purdue Boilermakers.
1: They've been great so far. They've been fantastic. I've sang his praises on episodes. Zach Eadie looks like a brand-new ball player. He was a problem last year. He is. He seems like the problem this year. His impact on both sides of the court has been absolutely outstanding. He's not lumbering around like the big show anymore. He actually <laughs> looks like an athlete. Zach eady has been absolutely fantastic. And I wonder, is Jaden Ivy going pro addition by subtraction for this Purdue team? In the tournament last year, and particularly in that loss to St. Peter's, it felt like you had Edie and you had Ivey and in that game in particular, it felt like they were absolutely 100% were not compatible whatsoever. And is his not being their addition about subtraction? And we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago,
0: and I I believe you're correct. I believe, and no offense to Jaden Ivey,
1: I love Jaden Ivey. Yeah. He was dynamic last
0: season. I, I I think it's actually a learning curve for Zach Eady. Where last year, Edie deferred to Ivy too much, and Ivy said, okay, I'll take the shots. Where Ivy should have looked at Edie and said, no, no, dude, you are the the man. I shouldn't be taking all these shots. Now, with Ivy gone, Edie knows he's the man. He's not deferring. He's not passing it out to a three-point shooter who shouldn't be taking that three-point shot. He's rolling into the basket and just Killing, you know, whoever's guarding him at that point.
1: He's playing 31 minutes a game, 23 and 14. I mean, what else do you want? What else can you ask for? Yeah, and, and uh, he's not getting
0: guy? in foul trouble and he's not getting exhausted.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's a scary, scary man. Averaging less than two fouls a game. Yeah, I didn't, see, I didn't he... even think about that. That's tremendous. I mean that means he can
0: stick around as long as you can keep him on the court, and what would you say thirty-one minutes. Right, thirty-one
1: minutes, right. and this is this is non-conference. You know he'll you know he'll be ready for you know for four or five more minutes a game when league play starts. Right, when but you really need him. When, yeah, when, when, and when so the
0: competition picks up, he's got the cardio. I mean,
1: yeah, that's without question.
0: Yep, he's been fantastic. Everybody gets excited about you know highlight reel plays from smaller guys. And I know the NBA is not about big men anymore. But Zach Eady, I, I think, will can, can redefine the NBA just by being the dude that nobody can stop. And you know, he's seven inches taller than Giannis, for instance.
1: Exactly. Yeah. He, God, he's a big dude. I might be speaking out of turn here. Is he like the next? I see a lot of Tim Duncan in the game. Is that crazy to say? Oh, yeah. I actually was thinking Ralph Sampson without knee problems. That's not that's not bad either because it felt like Duncan was sort of the evolutionary Sampson too. Yeah.
0: People forget how talented Ralph was at Virginia before his knees gave He was
1: away. crazy good. He yeah. was crazy good.
0: I, I still remember, I think it was the Virginia-Houston game that uh, was one of the first games to be put on national primetime television. Virginia missed a basket, and all of a sudden, all you see come flying toward the basket is Ralph Sampson, all arms and legs just flailing around, and he grabs the ball out of midair and just slams it down.
1: And, Two-handed. I know, the, I know the play you're talking yeah. about.
0: Yeah, and it was like, oh, my God, just the athletic ability that he showed right there. If his knees had stayed healthy, he would have been a wonder in the NBA.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I
0: think Zach can do that. He's not as nimble as that Ralph Sampson. He's not as nimble as that Ralph Sampson yet. But I mean, imagine what he can do when all he has to do, when all he has to concentrate on is playing basketball. You know, put some muscle on that body. He's big, but he's not muscular. Put some muscle on that body. Be a bigger Giannis. Uh, Dare I say a bigger Kevin Durant.
1: Does he have that much range in his game?
0: But no, okay, there you go. No, he, he doesn't have the shooting range of those two. Yeah. But he's also a better rebounder than either of those two guys yes. and a better defender. Definitely a better defender than Durant. He's a god awful.
1: The next evolution of, of pro basketball has to be some sort of some sort of return to the paint, right? You yes. can't just keep spreading out offenses forever.
0: Exactly. Sp- okay, that's just it. If Steph can hit a thirty footer and you gotta guard him, then all you have to do is dump it in Yeah, inside, to Zach Eady, who can make a five-footer.
1: Exactly. And if Purdue keeps doing that this season, they're going to be making a deep, deep run into the tournament. No kidding. It's going to be hard to stop Purdue. Who in the Big Ten has a shot to do so? That's the question. Because I feel like it's Purdue and everybody else is playing for for second.
0: You know, you always think that, but the big 10 is always very competitive and it's it, tough and playing winning.
1: road games in the league. Absolutely.
0: Exactly. I, I can see Ohio state coming up. I can see Wisconsin hell Rutgers, dare I say, mm. I, I, I think there's a lot of teams that, you know, maybe Purdue ends up winning the conference by two games at the end of the year. But they will get that second game in the standings on the final day. Okay,
1: I can I can maybe see that. I yeah, I'm not I'm not willing to say that Purdue's going to run away with the lead. Like I said, Houston was going to run run away with the American, Ohio State, Indiana. Like you said, Rutgers could be fris- Wisconsin's been frisky so far. Yep. Um, I haven't even talked about Indiana,
0: and yeah, I, I again, Indiana is one of those that has a lot of talent, yet they sometimes disappear in big games. I, I can see him beating Purdue and then like losing to Nebraska on back to back nights.
1: That 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 sounds like Indiana to me. I don't know. I, I, I don't know who gets number two. I, I think the race for number two in the league is, is, is really deep. It's at least seven teams out of here, isn't there? Seven teams out of the Big Ten? Oh at least. At least. The problem is is
0: I think you're gonna end up with Purdue being a one or a two seed, and then you're gonna have a bundle of Big Ten teams. Who are anywhere from six to
1: nine? Someone's you you. There'll be a bundle from six to nine for sure, but there's your second or third place team in the league is going to wind up in the in the four or five range. I I I think you'll someone's going to separate themselves at some point to be to be the number two in the league. I don't know who it is yet. Right, let's throw this out there. Can the Big Ten finally win a national championship for the first time in twenty three years?
0: <laughs> uh, I think Purdue's got a chance I think the
1: best shot yeah
0: i really believe that indiana is has the talent to be able to put six games in a row together i can see that ohio state maybe i what it really comes down to is who has the consensus who has the consistency to win six games in a row in march and into april yeah and i'm not sure that anybody in the big 10 can actually do that except for Purdue.
1: That's kind of what I'm thinking too. But as we saw last year, we see every year weird things happen in the NCAA tournament. So that takes care of 16 conferences. We'll
0: come back next Monday, the day after Christmas, Boxing Day for those of you in England. We'll go through every conference that we didn't involve today, which will include the ACC. And you'll get to hear Mikey rant On the North Carolina Tar Heels.
1: As bad as Carolina's been this year, they have not been to Louisville. That's
0: very true. Yeah, and we get to pick on Louisville. That's always fun. And California. Get to pick
1: on Louisville some (laughs) All sorts of good stuff. I have nothing else for the listening audience.
0: I have nothing else either. Let's send them home. They can come back to us on Wednesday for college bowl picks from December 26th through January 2nd. And then, as I mentioned on Monday, college basketball preview number two hits the shelves.
1: For the hitman Tommy Hurry, Smarvin Hagler, and Sugar Ray Leonard, that's the best producer in the business. Allen Caps, also Roberto Duran. Can't forget Hands of Stone. That's the best producer in the business. Allen Caps on Mikey Watson. We'll be back Wednesday. And make some picks, make some money, and God knows what else. Right here on Sixty Seniors.